VC is is quite over glamorized from from the outside. You can still have an incredible business that isn't a triple decker unicorn. Welcome back to Forty Minute Mentor, the podcast on a mission to raise aspirations and inspire the next generation of category defining founders. From purpose led entrepreneurs to Olympic champions, you'll learn firsthand from today's successful leaders on what it takes to be brilliant all in just 40 minutes. This week, we're back with a brand new installment of our popular VC feature series. Over the next four weeks, we'll be joined by the biggest movers and shakers in the industry, sharing exclusive market insights, mentorship for anyone looking to get into VC, and guidance for any founders currently fundraising. Alongside our Wednesday episodes, we're also launching four bite-sized episodes on Monday, taking a deep dive into the trend of operators becoming investors something I know a lot of you are very interested in. To help us bust some industry myths, discuss why operators are so well suited to VC, share tips on how you can actually get into the industry and much more, we're joined by Rosie Barnett, Principal at Dellen Ventures. In today's first episode, we're going to talk a bit about Rosie's path into VC and some of the biggest myths about the industry. So Rosie, hello, lovely to see you. Uh, thank you so much for joining us and being a uh, part of uh, kicking this new series off how are things hi awesome I'm, I'm a huge fan as you know of the podcast and yeah really excited to be here today and having this conversation thank you for your support in general we caught up over a coffee a couple of months ago and we're talking about this and I'm really excited for it to be a reality because you've had an amazing career and a really varied one as well perhaps that's where we should start by properly introducing you so I know that you start your career in healthcare and then decided to move into VC so Please, if you don't mind, can you share for our listeners a bit about your background and ultimately why you decided to get into VC when you did? I actually had some family experiences as a teenager, which I think is very common, which really made me determine that health was going to be the place for me. And I think I saw that there are a lot of challenges in the industry and, and it's it's really tough to get innovation to be adopted in a meaningful way that actually impacts clinicians and patients. So trained and worked as a doctor and then for me, moving out of clinical medicine actually seemed like quite a natural progression at the time because even when I was at medical school, I was super interested in learning about startups, um, understanding a bit about who are these entrepreneurs and companies who, who are trying to address some of these challenges and, and improve the system that we have. And I actually got the chance to be part of a small team working on building a clinical case discussion app back when that was, believe it or not, actually quite a novel idea. So I joined and intended to do that uh, for quite a short period of time. Um, but actually, I found that what I've been learning about startups, actually putting it into practice and being part of this small scrappy team, I found it really super exciting and energizing and and that you could make sort of quick experimental decisions and use technology to kind of affect real change. In this case, in medical education and help her to upskill clinicians all around the world um, in sharing and discussing patient cases. So from there, um, I, I sort of focused naturally in that small team um, as we grew the business in on sort of strategy commercial, business development. So then I, I moved from there to, to focus on these areas at two other healthcare startups. So one was Babylon Health, which uh, has become somewhat notorious in recent months, but that was sort of much earlier in their journey and really looking at how could this technology be potentially adopted by 
developing countries and also how could they work with the pharmaceutical industry to help develop better medicines for patients. That was the goal. And then the second was a stealth mode molecular diagnostics platform. So for me, that was moving back closer to the science, closer to patient and sort of that intersection of of technology and, and science, which I found really interesting. How I come to BC is that from working with this sort of diverse range of founders across this early stage startup world, I think I took a bit of a step back for the first time in my career. And I really looked at what it was that I'd really loved most about, you know, my trajectory so far. And I realized that my greatest strength is primarily just engaging with people, really all different sorts of people. And in this case, founders and sort of helping them think through business problems and opportunities. Yeah, it was it was sort of a bit of a eureka moment when I, I was discussing this with a, a VC at party uh, after a couple of drinks. And um, they said, well, have you thought about full-time investing? Because you're the kind of person that can actually be really supportive for early stage healthcare founders. The fact that you've pivoted careers from being a doctor to go work in tech and you've experienced the kind of scrappy earlier stage stuff and then the big hyper growth experience of Babylon and now are in uh, the venture space. I think the, the combination of those experiences are really interesting and really helpful for any founders. So it's, it's no surprise that at that party, you're encouraged to go down that path. Um, and I remember talking to you at the time about different options. You were incredibly considered and thoughtful about how you went about it. Uh, it's no surprise to me and many people that you're being very successful in that role. So keen to come on and talk about that in a minute. You know, as you started to explore VC as an option, what was it that you found that was most attractive about the industry? And on the kind of flip side, what were some of the big hesitations you had? VC is is quite over-glamorized from, from the outside in. You watch films like The Social Network and, you, you know, you perceive a very different world, I think, to the majority of, of our work. To me, really, there's no other career in which you get to work with such a range of you know really different exciting super driven people and teams who really are driving relentlessly towards trying to solve really big challenges and problems and in my case the sector that I sort of care so deeply about have come from in healthcare to me working as a clinician felt quite case by case it's super interesting and engaging work and you learn every day but breadth and cross-border sort of possibilities of, of the impact is really what inspired me. On the other side of the coin, it's often talked about, but it's important to mention that, you know, VCs come a long way in addressing diversity and, you know, there's lots of mentors and incredible people that have paved the way for both women, but also just lesser represented people in general to rise up in the industry. But I would say the imbalance still does remain. And if you look at financial services more broadly, PE, banking, et cetera, you do still see that glass ceiling. But I'm really hoping that that is changing. I also was concerned that compared to being an operator or a clinician, you might feel a little bit detached from the actual taking action, decision making, and really being part of driving those companies forward and um, towards their goals. That's kind of also why I went down the route of having like Dellen, which we'll talk about in a minute. And I guess it's, yeah, again, a bit of a cliche, but I definitely had the classic imposter syndrome. You, know, you look at these incredible VC partners and all these funds that I was connecting with at the time. And, you know, I'm not a classic IB analyst turned management consultant profile. I'm, I'm come from a different place. And I think when you're not sort of in the job, that can feel pretty intimidating. And I definitely had all of those feelings as well. It's really good that you're sharing that because I'm sure there are going to be other people that come from a similar background to you listening to this, or come from outside of that traditional banking accounting route. We don't want to put off, like with most companies, most industries, diversity of background and diversity of all shapes and forms is really important to build businesses and ecosystems. And actually, we want more people from different environments to come into venture because I think it will make the, the broader ecosystem even stronger for it. Was there a critical moment 
all meeting that tip the scales towards you going right yes vc is the right path uh, and if so i'd love to hear more about it yeah i think we definitely spoke about this at the time james because you know you know i was talking to some startups as well at the time so it was a bit of a fork in the road so to speak i think really the for the first time in my career like many people during during covid i really took some time to think about where my strengths lie professionally but also personally and I think working with these early stage healthcare founders and being some part of their journey in in lots of different types of companies is really what I find super fascinating and motivating and you must be really focused on your own personal strengths and and weaknesses to be fair to be able to find what you should focus on in your career so I had been percolating on this a while but it was through a really concerted effort of going to some events where there are lots of VCs and founders there speaking with some really inspiring VC partners who had also come from clinical backgrounds and realizing that this was actually a path that you can really be successful in and it is um, a skill set that you can bring something different to the table in in a fund. That was kind of probably was the pivotal moment but as you know I've been thinking about it for quite a while and I think working in three different venture-backed businesses also had given me quite a bit of exposure to the kinds of opportunities that being a VC can give you as well. You're now, as you mentioned, a principal at Denim Ventures. So can you share for anyone that doesn't know the business a bit more about what Dell Ventures is all about and the areas that you invest in? Dell Ventures uh, is an early stage venture capital fund and company builder. So we focus on life sciences, biotech and health tech. We are a small but uh, mighty, I hope, team based in London, Cambridge and Basel. And our, our HQ is here in London, where I am today. And I think for me, I really wanted to take what I learned as a medic and also as an operator in the startup world and be able to support companies in a really hands-on way. From spending time with a few different funds, they all have incredible strengths, but Dellen in particular is a real true partner to our portfolio. For me, it presented a really unique sort of situation where I could be an investor, but also I can be involved in some company building projects, which is, which is a super interesting model. And at the end of the day, I mentioned at the top of the podcast, I'm just such a people person. So it does all come back to the team and you know what you feel you can really learn from that group of people. And, and we're all very different. We all have different perspectives and that can make our pipeline meetings and ICs very lively sometimes. But it's uh, been a fantastic environment to learn in. And I think with a lot more sort of autonomy and, and hands-on role from from day one that, than perhaps I may have got in, in some other fund. Yeah, I'm learning every day, uh, but so far so good. It's one of the pieces of advice that we often give anybody looking to get into VC for the first time or also into startups for the first time is sometimes going to a slightly smaller place where you can really get stuck in uh, can have a lot of benefits. There's also risk there. And of course, you're a bit exposed. But I think for someone like yourself, it's not surprising that you thrive in that setting. There are going to be people listening to this. They're like, what actually does a VC investor do day to day? So I'd love you to bring it to life for us. What does a typical day look like? Not to be horribly cliche, but really there's no there's no sort of set typical day but what I would say is I'm quite a sort of do like bringing a bit of order to chaos sometimes so for me I do try to have some routine that's sort of common across the board so I'll try and get a bit of exercise in early and sort of when I get up I cover a few emails and requests that maybe have come in overnight each day though a commonality is that I'll have several meetings so these would typically be founder meetings and getting to meet new entrepreneurs who are doing really exciting things in our sector, catch-ups with other investors, occasionally board meetings, lots of operational meetings as well that relate to the company build projects that I'm involved in. We have some standing meetings like uh, weekly pipeline reviews and portfolio updates. 
with the rest of the team. And so I'm in the office most days. I'd say it's sort of like probably a 50-50 balance between meetings and then time to, you know, take ad hoc meetings or get on with some work in between. So also my week will probably have one to two events. So that might be something after work, like a dinner with other investors or founders, going to talks, conferences. So it's a very varied uh, and sort of interesting (laughs) career that you can go into. Yeah, I love it. And I guess, as you said earlier, given you're such a people person, um, I think uh, that's obviously a, a really important aspect there of, of being able to context switch, talk to lots of different types of people, get their buy-in and a very social job as well. I bump into VCs all the time at various events and uh, I know that's kind of a, almost a prerequisite. For those that are in the same space you were a little while back, really thinking about, is this the route for me? Is there anything you wish you'd have known about VC industry before you started at Denim Ventures? And what would you say have been the most surprising aspects of either the job or, or the broader industry? From the outside in, you know, it's a very, very competitive sector, both in, you know, to get into it, but also once you're working and looking at deals and meeting founders, you know, the the hot deals, so to speak, get a lot of interest. Despite this competition, which is just, you know, a natural part of the job is the deal making and building the syndicate, um, you know, the group of investors that invest in the company, the mentality of investors and also all the other people involved in the industry, right? It's not just investors, it's all of the sort of operational support we get, the recruiters we work with, the, you know, founders, associates and teams and operational um, support as well. The mentality is really deeply collaborative. I've reflected recently that perhaps that relates to the sector I'm in because healthcare and biotech is by its nature, you're creating companies around the idea of serving patients and clinicians. But I did really think, to be honest, that that would just be hot air because compared to being in a startup team where it's like one team, one dream, and you know, you're you're all running through walls together at the same to address the same challenges. Once you get into the investor side where you have a diverse portfolio, lots of different demands on your time, which are you know, from different companies, I thought it would be more competitive in the sense of people might not want to help you out with looking at deals with you or, and I've just found that people are in general, if you're just, if you're also genuine and happy to pay it forwards and offer your time and, and supporting other investors and, and founders that maybe you don't invest in, or maybe you don't partner with, that collaborative nature is something that I've been really humbled by it, to be honest, because I just didn't foresee it from the outside in. And I have a lot of friends who work in PE and banking and I think it's a little bit less like that so that was really heartening to me just something that I wasn't quite expecting in such a material way particularly somebody like me who's come from a very sort of quant heavy background you know all different types of VCs are are still super happy to, to collaborate and really value the perspectives that for example you know someone like me who has more of a first hand healthcare experience can bring to the table in looking at problems companies and evaluating deals. That's not necessarily that collaborative nature is not necessarily when you think of finance and investors and, and that sort of stuff. I think there's some there's a few myths that we, we'd like to bust on that. And that's great that you've said that because I, I, that's my experience of the VC clients we work with are incredibly collaborative and from a exact search perspective, are really keen to build all the ones that we really love are the ones that are really keen to build like a long-term partnership and really appreciate the value that we bring just as you say that they appreciate the unique insight that you bring as you know a former doctor. There are lots of myths about VC. You know, there's this allure. It's kind of a difficult world to crack. And I'm sure there are some common ones that you hear all the time. And then there are some ridiculous ones. So you're just like, no. So I would love you to bust some myths and tell us a bit about, you know, the things you hear the most that, that are not true or perhaps ones that are. I would probably say the, the biggest one is that taking on VC money is actually a sign of success because 
I think, you know, quote unquote, getting funded, it has very little correlation, as we know, with, with long term trajectory of that business. There are some, you know, extremely bombastic salespeople who've raised eye-watering amounts of venture dollars without any returns to speak of and I'm not you know sometimes it's the market sometimes it's the macro environment that they exist in but this kind of trope of those who dream the biggest are the most likely to win and actually I saw a really brilliant post you put up about this recently where you can still have an incredible business that isn't a triple decker unicorn you know you need the vision in my opinion the best founders and teams know how to work together to break that down into steps and plans, you know, where you can tangibly track the progress. And it, it sounds simple when you lay it out like that. But, you know, we've seen, especially with this market correction that's happening at the moment, we've seen far too many companies fall into this sort of valley of death after raising huge rounds, because they haven't thought through path to profitability or evidence towards profitability. It's not necessarily the fault of the company or the strategy. I think it's just a slight shift in perspective that we should value small and medium businesses as well that actually return money for their investors in the near term, as well as these huge you know, market defining companies. And I think there's space for, for all of those business models. And then I think on the sort of VC side, as, as in operating as a VC, I think you know, the reality is you literally exist to power the teams that you work with, you know, whether with your brain, your empathy, your support, your um, you know, strategic input, and also you're with your LPs funds. We are a service industry, like to our companies and to our LPs, that the power dynamic is very much in that balance most of the time. And I think from the outside, it can seem like a VC just sits behind a desk saying no to a thousand people and then giving a hundred million dollars to, to the one they think has the best idea. But actually, it, it's so much more than that. And really, the power dynamic is, is actually flipped, in my opinion, as it should be. No, it's great. And I think that gives our listeners a really good version of the reality versus what we think from the outside of what, what it really involves. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. I really hope you enjoyed getting to know Rosie a little better and hearing more about her journey into VC. Rosie will be back with us next Monday to chat more about her transition from operator to VC and why it's such a popular move at the moment. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please do hit subscribe and share the episode on LinkedIn with your friends and colleagues. And don't forget to tune back in on Wednesday for another dose of VC Mentorship. See you then.